Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, and thank everyone for joining in for another episode of Therapy is Life, but thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is the real. We are here in the Shore Cultural Center, the big red building in the middle, and we are here, and we are excited to have another episode of Therapy is Life. Today is a special episode. It's a really special episode. Are you a fan? Are you a fan? I don't care where you are in the world. Are you in the States? Wherever you may be right now, if you have a favorite team that you love, I know there's been some really good times and there's been some really bad times. Man! And we know that when people experience really disappointing seasons or games or get their heart broken in that last second, oh, it hurts so bad! And some of us will get really angry. Some of us will become very depressed. Some of us will become very anxious. So we want to talk to some Browns fans today. <laughs> we want to talk to some Browns fans and learn what it's like to be a Browns fan and some of the highs and lows. And how do you cope when things break down in that last second or in that drive or in Don't say that, that. in that drive? <laughs> how do you cope with it? How do you deal with it? We just want to know. Listen, I know you might not be a Browns fan today, but if you are a fan, you're going to be able to connect and think about your own teams and how they make you feel and how do you cope with it. Because some people, they get really upset and they get too aggressive or they drink too much or they do other things they shouldn't be doing. So we just want to explore that a little bit. Is that all right? So I got a, I got a wonderful cast here. I got Chester. I have Mike, I have Gina, I have Brian. I got to ask y'all a question. Are you guys ready? Yes, ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, we are. Right. Go Brown. Go yes, Brown. Go Brown. Go Brown. Go Brown. Go. All right, all right. <laughs> you know, I got to say this. I got to say this. I never get a chance to say this, but I guess that ain't the right place, but I'm going to say it anyway. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> So, the first question that we're going to ask is, why are you a Browns fan? And you could be asking yourself, if your team is a team in Italy or in New York or wherever you live at, Florida or Texas, why are you the fan of your team? But I'm going to ask my panel why they are Browns fans. So, mm, who's going to be first? So, I start here with Chester. Chester, why are you a Browns fan? So, I, you know, I'm a native Clevelander and uh, was a way for me and my older brother uh, to bond. And he really started getting me involved with all of the Cleveland sports and uh, including the Browns. And 
1980 happened to be the first year that I really got invested in the Browns. It was the Cardiac Kid huh? era. And I remember uh, watching the 1980 divisional playoff game against the then Oakland Raiders, who would eventually go on and win the Super Bowl that year. And we were down driving to win the game. And then, of course, you know, everyone was laughing when he's talking about the drive. But, but anyone knows anything about the Browns and John Elway, 1986. But this one was Red Right 88, which was the play call that uh, uh, in, it resulted in uh, a pass being thrown to tight end Ozzie Newsom, where uh, a cornerback by the name of Mike Davis, who usually had steel hands, I heard, jumped the route and intercepted the football in the end zone. And at that moment was my first heartache. And as a 10-year-old kid, I was left in tears. Mm -hmm. And that began my tortured, continual tortured life being a Browns fan. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say. Man, you know what? You went right to that. Misery, yeah. I, I, you know, and you went right to it. <laughs> you, you went right to the misery. You, yeah. and you Browns fan, you went right to the misery part of it, man. You didn't even wait. Go ahead. Right to the misery. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Mike. My, my genesis isn't quite as long as Chester's, but I mine was passed down from my dad. You know, my dad was a Browns fan. I didn't grow up in Cleveland. I grew up in Northern California, so. Mm. I have an older half-brother who was a huge Niners fan, so while the Niners were winning championships in the 90s, I was preparing for my team to leave in 94. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange checks the position going up. Yeah. Mm. That was painful. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But you was a Niners fan at some point? No, never really bo- rooted for the Niners. My dad was a big Joe Montana fan, so when the Browns left, player. his last two years he played in Kansas City around mm-hmm. the time. Yep. So we rooted for the Chiefs for the first oh, two years okay. the Browns were gone for gotcha. a couple years. Gotcha. Those teams with Montana and Marcus Allen. Okay. Yeah, oh, Marcus yeah. Marcus Allen. 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 Shot and high on the coast there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and yep. it, it, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gina, what would you say? I would have to say that um, I didn't become a Browns fan. I was born a Browns fan. Oh! (laughs) It is in my DNA. Um, One of my first experiences that I remember was at the old Coliseum, right behind a beam. (laughs) If anybody was familiar (laughs) with the old Coliseum. Quite a few of those. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it it is a a part of me as a native Clevelander, and um, it... it, um, it's a part of actually my, my daily life and living here and it gives him something to look forward to and <laughs> i believe that i'm not a browns fan i am a cleveland brown Ooh. i'm on that field every sunday i'm at training camp when it starts up i'm everywhere so i'm definitely so you vicariously <laughs> live through brown i do <laughs> on the field i'm on the field i'm yeah. in it like you get you get you get the you get the grass thing and they're up they're up under my paws <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. Right. Well, um, ever since nineteen seventy three I was I was born a Browns fan. I mean heck my last name is Brown. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, my whole family, my my dad, my brothers, all my uncles and cousins, we were all just diehard Browns fans. And you know, I remember as a kid going to my very first football game. Pro football game was the Browns. Um, you know, 
just watching the, the fans and just everyone coming together and just cheering for a team, it just, it's unbelievable. And, you know, growing up that way, you know, growing up in Cleveland, everyone expects you, A, to be a Browns fan, mm-hmm. to be an Ohio State fan, too. But, as everyone, I'm not an Ohio State fan. Don't say it. I'm not going to do it. But, um, you know, just growing up here, um, you know, just like Gina said, I was born in Brown. Born in Browns fan. So, every Sunday, every Sunday. I got my Browns gear. I have my Browns flag hanging up in front of a house. Hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, just hoping for the best. You know, when I first came to Cleveland, I, I did not, you know, they, the Browns had, you know, they had recently left, but then they came back. I think they came back in, what, 98? 99. So, so a few years after I came here, they came back. And so, obviously, when I thought of the Browns, I remember, I believe it was Vinny Testaverde and um, Vinny Testaverde going down to Dallas, and this was Emmett Smith was there, and this Thanksgiving, <laughs> like Thanksgiving, I remember this game, <laughs> and and, and, and the Cowboys being favorite. I was gonna say you had but the in the Cowboys. I remember this yeah, game. Yeah, and Emmett getting stopped right there. Shorted the, the goal line. Goal line. Time ran out. out. And yep. so I ran out. the Cowboys. <laughs> Oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving. I remember that, man. And I felt, yes. it hurt so bad. Oh, the pain. But, <laughs> you know, not, not not realizing that, you know, um, at that time, like, how that was going to unfold for me and everything, and mm-hmm. I was going to uh, eventually uh, be in Cleveland. But, look, I'll tell you one other thing before we move on to the next question about this, is that when I was about 13 years old, I was in Norfolk, Virginia, and I was outside washing my dad's car and I turned the radio on. And and when I was I turned the radio on and I was listening to the radio, I clear I could hear the Cavaliers just as clear as I don't know where. And and who's the guy that used to be the the uh Joe Tate? Joe Tate. Tate. I can hear him. Uh I can hear him saying, Wham with the right hand. With the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you know, Cleveland was so far away from me. I couldn't imagine ever yeah. being not even thinking about where it was, but here I was in ninety. Yeah, I was in 97, and then here was 99, the, the Browns came back, and it was like, wow, and that's about the same time the Panthers. The mm-hmm. same time the Panthers, and that was, and I was in Carolina, and that was mm-hmm. that was happening around the same time. That's so right. it's, uh, it, it's so interesting, but I've never in my life seen a fan base that was so passionate about their football team. I mean, woo, man, it seems like everything bled orange. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's one of my favorite colors to wear. But everything bled orange, so boom. But so with that being said, let's talk about some of your high moments being a Browns fan. Let's talk about some of your high moments. Oh my goodness. Well, that was one. That was one. That, that, was that, one. that you alluded to. I, I, I was on Thanksgiving in front of the national audience. We beat the Cowboys in Dallas yeah. on Thanksgiving. That was definitely one of my higher moments as a Browns With fan. Vinny Testaverde as a quarterback. I just knew, like, oh, the Cowboys. Vinny Interceptaverde with the. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. One of my highest moments as a Browns fan. I would have to just reel it on back to last year. One That's of the highest of the high moments. We yep. beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. In the which, playoffs. By the way, the statistic is what? That's the last time we're the last team to do that against what? Is it Ben Roth? 
Texas burger in the stadium. Yeah, and that's that. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. So I have to hang that there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jordan style. Just. That, was that was also one of the, and I don't remember the year the last time it happened, but it had been a very long time the Browns had won a road playoff correct. game. Oh, yeah. That is mm. correct. Yeah. A very long time. Very long. I mean, that even yeah. goes be uh, even earlier than the Bernie days. I mean, yes. You're going back to the 60s, maybe, yep. the last yeah. time it happened. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's that's right. Any Anybody else got any? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I mean, last year, I mean, making the playoffs. I mean, that was just huge. I mean, we had the talent. We were expected to make the playoffs, and we did. Mm-hmm. You know, this year, same expectations. Yeah. <clears throat> playoffs. I, I've got another playoffs. one, though, of the new uh, um, version of the Browns was that year they made the playoffs, and I remember they had a game against Atlanta, and William Green broke off this uh, long run, and uh, I remember he said, run, William, run! (laughs) And that was against a Mike Vick Falcon team, but that game and then some help that we got got us into the playoffs, and as elated as I was, the next week, uh, because I think Couch got hurt, Holcomb had to play quarterback. He yes. did a bang-up job. We got a big lead against the Steelers. I thought that was going to be what was yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, last year. Yeah. And then, of course, we allowed them to come back, come back. To, yeah. to beat us in the uh, wild in the uh, wild card game. Yep, I definitely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, high than a low. <laughs> right there, you already did. Any, anything you want to add to that? Well, that 2007 season with Derek Anderson. with the win. Pro Bowl, that's what I Ten and six. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. That did. It did. It did. They didn't make the They didn't even make the playoffs that year. No. They no. got clobbered by Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Five turnovers. Yeah. yeah, they went on the road to Cincinnati. It was a windy game. And some of that I would say maybe it was play calling too. Yeah. As strong as Derek Anderson's arm was, why are you trying to throw so many? You know, yeah. Yeah, Long intermediate passes. Hey, you know what? That yeah. kind of still is, uh, applies now. We don't yeah. get that we're a running team since you know the, that's our makeup. I thought and mm-hmm. like just like to toss it in the air. Yeah, so, there's times when run the football. Run. That's the, run the e- football. that's still run, the easiest way to move the football the, yeah, is to run it. If you times. can run it, keep running until yeah. they stop right. it. Yeah. Right. Those times are October 15th all the way to exactly. <laughs> keep running it. Just keep yeah. running. Thankfully, we've got one of the best runners in, in football yeah. right yeah. now. We got the best Chubb running back duo. Chubba, 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 Yeah. He's a freight train. Yeah. He's so easy to root for, too. Yeah. 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 He's such yeah. a, he's a, he's a great guy. guy. Yeah. 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 Gotta love him, man. He's just such a character guy. So now do, now, do any of you, <laughs> now since Nick Chubb has his own cereal, have you had it? I, I, I eat not. it every Sunday. Wait a minute. This is a thing? Chub I didn't Nick do Chub. nothing yeah. about yeah. this. Chub Crunch. I have Chub. a bowl every Sunday. So yeah. why didn't you bring any? Oh. <laughs> it, where can you is find it? Is it in the car? It? Right. <laughs> it's in my <laughs> We could totally do an infomercial right now. <laughs> there you go. It's pretty good. Uh, it tastes like golden grain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nick, some free advertising. Yeah. <laughs> now you got it for life. <laughs> I got it for life. <laughs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> Uh, hey, holla at us, Nick. Holla at us. Holla at us. Yeah. So, what about? And I know you guys been ever since it's been it's been oozing through the dialogue. What about some of your most down moments? We we'll start. We'll start. We'll oh, start, bro. We're gonna start with you this time. Oh, it's like, how much time do we have? Yeah. Oh man. How I much know. time do we have? <laughs> I'm 
I'm just I'm just gonna spill it out there. Ninety five, when they left. Yeah. I mean, it's, that was bad. It was bad, <laughs> very bad. And at that point, I, I, I never cried. knew that we were gonna even get it. No, eighteen no. back. So yeah, that was that was hurtful. Yeah, that was so bad. It was bad from eighteen hundred miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. bad. It was. Yeah. Ninety five for me, when they left. You know, I, I, I was gonna I was gonna say I remember seeing that on ESPN and seeing the trucks and, oh, and yeah, like seeing it and very sad yeah, you know, and I can imagine people are actually going through grief around this, like, mm-hmm. you know, because like you said earlier, you, you are around, so them leaving, like, oh, it hurt, and it, it really hurt. Yeah, I cry. I mean, I was crying, yeah. I was really crying. Yeah, that was so sad. I feel like they were like, we just described why we were friends, we didn't get a say in it, right? Like, granted, I was like in middle school, but like, it's just so abrupt, too. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like you went to your job and you didn't know, and then you got fired. Like what? Like yeah. Like, and oh, and you know, and then Baltimore wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was. That's our early. team. My mom was Art Modell. <laughs> that was our team. Yeah. 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 yeah that that was a yeah. terrible time. Yes. That was. That had to be a terrible time. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to add? Because that's not like. Anything no, that, was like that, that was bad. That was bad. And then the very first draft they have, they get Ray Lewis and, and Jonathan Ives. <laughs> 0 oh, and 16. That was, I, pretty low. I, that was bad. Thank Ooh. you for your. 0 and 16. So, that was and we had a parade. Actually, I'm going to be yeah. honest. I, I think that was my low when they had the parade for the 0 and 16 Pete. season. Um, <laughs> because that's just not who we are as fans. It might have been what we did as the team, but that's just not who we are as yeah, fans. Yeah, you don't celebrate. Um, because you don't celebrate loss, though yeah. unacceptable and just completely <laughs> egregious of a <laughs> season from all 16 games. Yeah, but, that's that, um, yeah. yeah, so that was that was a low for me because it, it, sh- it was like, even your old fans don't like you. You know, to the, to the rest of the team. It's almost like one of those things, I can talk about my family, but no one else can. But then we yes. talked about our own family. So that was a low for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. Might be a little bit of reactive formation. So what I do is I present the emotion that I, I present the emotion as being happy, but I'm really, I'm really mad and sad, whatever. But I, I want you to know, yeah, this is great. Sarcasm. And, and <laughs> it is, you know, we do that sometimes when it comes to things that we really don't like. But anything else, that's, that's, that's really messed up, though. I heard about that. I think I wanted to go down there because in the middle of the winter, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I wanted to go down there with uh, like some shorts or something on and holly no clothes and like freeze to death. Yeah. Watching them. That was ridiculous. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I know was. one of my other ones was a draft we did. Yeah. Everything on the table. Oh, wow. That's quite a few drafts. Yeah, well, that's what I was First pick say. draft, first round picks. Yeah. Well, the Johnny I, Manziel draft. Oh, was bad. That one was that one was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> they took Justin Gilbert in the top ten. Yeah. They, yeah. They had another I mean, big Courtney one. Brown as the uh, overall number one pick. That, I mean, he was a that was a bust. But the thing about Courtney Brown, though, which was different from others, everybody felt like he would be that guy. Yeah, he, wasn't. Like, <laughs> he didn't have the right personality. <laughs> Wait, he was he was too mild. Yeah. Well, I mean, take a, take Miles Garrett for instance, okay. overall number one pick off the field. He's kind of a calm. He's a different person. Mm-hmm. Does he want to be like a paleontologist or something yeah, like that? I mean, he's like, yeah, he, he and he loves dogs. I mean, yeah. he's a no, he's a gentle he, giant. He's a, a gentle <laughs> giant off the field. Yeah. He's another one that's really but, good to root for. 
But on the field, and I don't know what happened with that Mason Rudolph situation. <laughs> that one, outside of that one thing, but he he he's he's he likes to say on the field he's an animal. Mm-hmm. And Courtney Brown just could not he just could it not conjure up no. that inside of him. His teammate Lavar Aaron at Penn State was able to maybe which we had picked him mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right instead. But Courtney Brown was just you know the same guy he was off the field was unfortunately is what he was. He had all the physical tools to be a dominant DN, but just didn't happen for him. Yeah, yeah so I you know I, 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 it goes to show how we can have physical ability, but mm-hmm. mentally we don't have to be there. And maybe he was tired of playing football. It's a yeah. will and skill. Yeah, exactly. For sure. yeah. And, yeah. and and people don't realize that that's every bit as important as the physical skills. In some mm-hmm. ways, almost more important. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That you're able to take the gifts, physical gifts that you have. And that you have the wheel. But you yeah. know who instills that? The coach. The coach. Which, that's my law. I, the only coach that I actually really believed in that could drive the team was um, the coach that they dismissed was Greg Williams. I think yeah. that he had him right where we wanted him. Baker Mayfield won five games, I believe, under Greg Williams, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And what I saw was just player development. Yeah. So well, he'd have been a far better coach than, than uh, uh, what's the dude from Alabama? Hitchens. Oh, yeah, Freddie. Good old Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> that was a disaster. So you had lost faith in Hugh Jackson? Oh, I. <laughs> oh, uh, what was uh, Pat? Um, Sherman. Sherman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my so, God. No, I. Oh, the Butch Davis years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we were rebuilding. Hey, come on. Hey, come the on. Butch Davis years. Come on. Like, how, you know, when you think about the coaches, sometimes I wonder about that, and I, and I, and I ask myself the question, it, was it the coaches was bad or was it wasn't enough talent for the coaches to actually do anything with yeah. to really make a difference? In organizational so culture, I think so many things. Look at Pittsburgh, for instance. Mm-hmm. Since 1969, they've had, what, four coaches? Right. Mm-hmm. The Browns have maybe had maybe not 14. Four. That's you got the number. Is it 14? Almost. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, that's why I have to just yeah. throw that out there. I think yeah. that coaching definitely is a. So what do you think about uh, uh, Stefanski? Do you think he's a good coach? I think he is a good coach, just that good. I don't think he um, ignites or transcends mm-hmm. what we need him to be. He's not Paul Brown. No. Yeah. And he I may mean, not ever, ever get another Paul Brown. So he's not fired? <laughs> no, you, need, you, you really do need fire because here's the thing. We, we're a team of penalties. There's something here just shouldn't be repeat offenders. Only. Right. And Offsides. We've had, yes, Defensive. Well, on, on both sides. It's yeah. discipline. So uh, right. when you talk about a team, you can name me whoever. Bill Belichick gets whoever. And guess what? They turn into a champion. Mm-hmm. You okay. know what? I'm interested you mentioned him. He was the coach that was here. When, when the Browns left, they were right on the precipice yep. of creating something. Yep. All of what what uh, uh, New England did all of those years mm-hmm. could have been the Cleveland Talk Browns. about it. Uh-huh. Talk yeah. about it. <laughs> they went to the playoffs in 94. That he beat his protege, um, um, Parcells, yep. who was coaching Her New England at the time. Mm-hmm. They lost the divisional round of Pittsburgh. Yeah. But they were heading in the right direction. 95 started off favorably. Mm-hmm. Then the news came out the Browns were leaving season was old here's the thing you give me uh josh gordon with all the was it josh gordon right mm-hmm. all the pounds and weeds oh yes that was josh they gordon. gave him a chance now he granted he was just yeah 
who he was. Yeah, he was shot. You know, you can't save everybody. Well, I guess what I'm gathering here is that they take chances on you because they know. They believe in you. They believe in you. And we believe in what we got going on here culturally. Right, right, right. right. Okay, so this is whatever you did over in Houston or the Browns, you ain't doing it here. And that's what I think the Browns don't have or haven't had yet. Even though we've had the tools. Mm -hmm. Whatever, yeah. equipment, however you want to. They brought in some people. Mike Holmgren, who had storied yeah. career. Yeah. Came to Cleveland. Came lost the minds. <laughs> it just. It's, it's that was the homework. That's, that's right. right. So strange. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's crazy. I mean. Who was it after? Um, Josh Dorsey? Oh, oh John Dorsey? John Dorsey after, after. Was that immediately after Holmgren? I, I believe yeah, they so. changed so much. I, I, can't, I know. I can't. I can't even go through the list. You had since I can't go through the offensive coordinator from Old Sally Cornell, Romeo Cornell, the just got all of these guys. I mean, so, let me ask y'all something. Yeah. So you know, being in Cleveland and, and evolving in my interest in the Browns, and you know, sometimes being a person coming into the city and listening to it, mm -hmm. how much of what's going on with the cycle, the cycle of coaches is this this urgent pressure from the fan base to have a winner right now. And so now the ownership is always trying to react to this ever present feeling that they have to do something to change. And so they don't where like, when you look at the Steelers, they have this stable story. People there's, yep. there's a, this emotional investment. So they have this emotional bank account where there's some security so they can kind of stick things out where Browns, as soon as you look like you bad and you're not going nowhere. Yeah. Oh, it's time to change the coach. It's time to make this move. And now they're constantly doing that. And they're not allowing anything to happen where there's any kind of patient oh, yeah. process. 